Hello, podcast listeners. Just a quick heads up. As you know, friends, our program is focused on providing creative writing workshops that promote writing, reading, self-discovery, and voice amplification in a variety of community settings. Because of the current health threats presented by the coronavirus to our students and the underground writing family of workers and volunteers, we are suspending all workshop activity for the time being. In doing so, we are following county, state, and national mandates for precautionary measures. A variety of underground writing projects and admin functions will continue via independent tasks and meetings conducted via email and video conference. We will keep you updated as the days and weeks progress. Thank you for your interest and impact on our students and the underground writing community. In the meantime, keep listening, keep healthy, and keep safe. Welcome, friends. This is the Underground Writing Podcast for the week of March 16th, 2020. I'm Matt Mallion, Director of Underground Writing, a program offering creative writing workshops in at-risk community settings. We work in places in which people have been speaking but not heard, thus resulting in voices forced underground. And I'm Alvin Shim, producer for the Underground Writing Podcast. On our podcast, we share writing crafted in our five underground writing sites. And I'm Elizabeth Riley. I'm a local teacher and a graduate student that's been working with underground writing. And listeners, stick around for a couple weeks. You will hear more from Elizabeth Riley. Uh, We've just finished an interview with her that will be coming out March 30th, and we've asked her to stick around for this episode. Today, we're reading two pieces that originate from late 2019 in a series of workshops that revolved around the myth of Icarus. I listened to a variety of podcasts, and one day I heard on the uh, one of these uh, poetry podcasts that I listened to a poem called Club Icarus. And I love mythology, and I love uh, when mythology from ancient Greece or other uh, myths are brought into contemporary settings. I'm just fascinated by that. And one of my favorite top five myths is the myth of Icarus. And so I heard this poem. <laughs> that's, a, that's a breakdown of my, my myth um, it's a anyway. Man, yes. Can you tell us your top five <laughs> in order? Uh, top five: uh, Orpheus, sure. Icarus, probably. Uh, well, yeah. Any myth that intersects the story of Orpheus and Persephone, and if if you have if listeners, if I can go on a tangent here, but if you have <laughs> if you haven't listened to uh, an album called Hades Town. One word, Hades Town. Uh, it is brilliant, and it's become this Broadway sensation. Yes, on top I of that, and yeah, good. it tells us Orpheus myth, and it's so great and beautiful. And originally um, produced, I believe, for a small theater on the East Coast, and then became an album, and then became this Broadway sensation uh, by Anais Mitchell. Mm, I don't remember. I think that's. I believe that's yeah. her name. Was the coordinator of it, and then she had a bunch of. Um, people like Greg Brown and Bon Iver on there, and um, it was and uh, Annie uh, Annie DeFranco. Yeah. Am I saying that name right? Yeah, it was. So. It's a brilliant album. So, um, anyway, th- that's not even a full top five <laughs> list, but I'll go. F- I'll go into this. Uh, I heard this poem, Club Icarus, and by a poet named Matthew W. Miller, 
who I was unaware of to that point, but there's so many good poets out there. And I heard the poem and I was just like, I got to bring the myth of Icarus back into the workshop. I'd done it once before. So uh, brought a couple Icarus poems and brought uh, Mr. Miller's poem in there. So here's a portion of the poem. Club Icarus. Dozens of us dropping towards the bay, and you can imagine the screams, I'm sure. The prayers cast up, then down the twirling sky, and yet here's my daughter laughing the whole way down her yellow hair whipping around her first teeth smile as she titters at the tilted wonder of what was happening, rolling airborne over and over as we all drop like sacks of wet clay. And for a second, I want to snag her, to show her how frightened she should be. So I can hug her safe one last time. So I, I found that poem extremely moving. <laughs> I, I read it, or I was listening to it as I was cleaning the chicken coop um, and then was standing in this little storage shed we have. Quite quite emotional, I guess, because I, I think of my son, you know, uh, who's young with that poem, and just because I love the, the myth so much. So I was determined to bring that into the workshops um, that week there were a few of them, and to bring in um, the myth of Icarus. So I brought in Edith Hamilton's like classic mythology, and just talked about the about the myth. And some some people were aware of it, some people weren't. And uh, we just talked about it briefly, and then had them write um, after Matthew Miller's poem and the myth in general, and just see what they came up with. And so uh, yeah, we brought we have a couple samples here. Let's, uh, let's read those, and, and, and then we'll just see what we think. Great. So the first is by Edward from the Skagit County Community Justice Center. Icarus moment, cursed feathers. Cursed feathers of mine. Why are my wings broken, my feathers on fire, and my life cursed? And then the second is from E from the Skagit County Juvenile Detention. Icarus moment. The people in the courtroom glare and babies cry while the new cameras pointed directly on me. I offer my freedom as payment and the huge crowd takes it, but aren't satisfied. Everybody's had an Icarus moment, but they all seem to forget theirs when they see me with snipped wings and handcuffs and nothing left to offer. Yeah, the students the students got into talking. We got into talking about was Icarus's, um, well, in one aspect, it's a failure of these. You know, his his dad told them, or yeah, Deedless told them not to fly too close to the sun with his wings of wax, and of course, that's what he did. Mm-hmm. And so, in a sense, it's a failure. And um, we had talked about him showing up in contemporary settings. You know you know, with the fun imaginary kind of trip that he was, he was still out there swimming yeah. maybe, and he'd made it out into the shore or whatever. And, and just like how that might be embarrassing or, or that sort of thing. And so the students connected in on, on that subject and, and others too. Can, can you read the first one again? The, the real short one? Yes, definitely. Icarus moment, cursed feathers, cursed feathers of mine. Why are my wings broken, my feathers on fire, 
and my life cursed. Yeah, I think, you know, one of, and I brought in, I didn't bring in a, a writing for me to read, but I brought in, here's, here's a, here's at the end of the workshop, here's what one of the students said. I learned that I can relate to stories thousands of years old and they can still touch my soul. And so I think those writings yeah. that you read, that's what's happening. They're, they're seeing themselves in that story. It's bringing out their own uh, experience and emotions and, and they're relating to this this myth and this mythological character in ways that really contemporize and give emotions to current yeah. experience. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. empathizing in a way that sees something that's mythology as a reality in a way. Yeah. There's no more uh, potent story than the parents telling the kid, don't do this one thing. And then the kid doing it. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah. it's exactly what happens in the garden of Eden. Also God says, you can do these things. Don't do this one thing. And then I think the next sentence, oh, they did that thing. And we've all done that. I've certainly done that. I have yeah. a kid and he's eight months old. He's done that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what that second poem really gets at is that cry for everyone to remember that they've done that mm -hmm. and that it's, it's a kind of human experience mm -hmm. that we've all had that moment. Yeah. And I, I like how that, that poem you're pointing out by either really there's a call for justice too, right? Because people, we, in our judgment of others, especially in a courtroom setting uh, that a lot of our students experience, like there's a judgment being passed, but if we're all really honest, are, are we all not capable of being in that same position? Yeah. In one way or another, you know? Yeah. And I think she, um, the student really points that out well in really a poetic way. Definitely. Yeah. Is there more in the in the original telling of Icarus, like the wings just melt? Well, in the well, in Edith Hamilton's telling of it, which is a you know it's a survey mm -hmm. anthology type of book that's really classic text. And um, listener, if you're interested in this text, it's at every garage sale ever. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's not good. It's very good. It's, it just is at every <laughs> garage sale. It is accessible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of the story like Icarus. I haven't heard too many tellings of the myth that don't leave Icarus in the ocean, unless it's a contemporary kind of retelling in a creative way. Yeah, I've definitely only heard that. And it's intriguing to think of a different ending yeah. and the possibilities yeah, there. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Well, that's a good prompt. If you want to keep this going, we could, we could flesh this out. There could be a few different interpretations. Don't give someone wings made of wax and then get mad at them when they melt. Because, of course, kids are going to be excited and yeah. fly high and... Or adults yeah. or anybody yeah. if they have that. And I think if he doesn't end in the ocean or if he does but is rescued or something, then there's a layer of hope that the original hmm. doesn't have if there's something, some other mm -hmm. ending. Yeah, it's a good prompt about like having the student write what happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you write an ending. Yeah. And some of them might choose a disaster yeah, yeah. He, he just sinks but some yeah. might have an interesting kind of commentary it was a it was a really rich discussion and i remember being at the jail and it was a women's workshop i remember asking the students and it was actually this student who i just read you know the one or two sentence quote she wrote a piece that i I'm not going to read on the air just simply because we don't have her permission form for reading an entire poem but um we asked the student to like 
or students to take the the position of someone viewing Icarus and Icarus has made it still alive what is put your place in the in the put yourself in the position of the viewer of the of Icarus at that point and tell 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 about him and this student's <laughs> this student um just went against that prompt idea, which is awesome, and just did her own thing and came up with this like indwelling Icarus that she was Icarus. And this was before the Juvie workshop. Wow. And it was just like, oh my gosh, of course. Like, yeah. of course that's a better students are gonna identify with that perspective. And then she she talked about, you know, I too, I too have felt like this mm-hmm. with tattered wings and and naked and afraid mm-hmm. and just like people staring at me, you know, and like it was, it was a, and, and she was, it was a little hard for her to share, but it was, it was beautiful. And it was, it was like everyone in the room was nodding. Like we've all had those moments of feeling com- completely awkward and out of place. Mm. Can you read that second piece again? Yes. Icarus moment. The people in the courtroom glare and babies cry while the new cameras pointed directly on me. I offer my freedom as payment, and the huge crowd takes it, but aren't satisfied. Everybody's had an Icarus moment, but they all seem to forget theirs when they see me with the snipped wings and handcuffs and nothing left to offer. When the writing on these are good, we don't know how to end them. (laughs) <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like I don't I feel like right there. So yeah. What else do you say? I think that there's an ability for them to see something that so many people can't just that shared experience and ask for that is something I think we all need it in certain moments and that it very boldly kind of says, Hey, mm. this is like, you know what this is. Can you please pay attention? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is probably, this is stretching the metaphor a little too far, but you know, in a sense, like I feel like a lot of our students come in the room, the workshop room feeling like that student ends yeah. the poem um, saying snipped wings, handcuffs nothing left to to offer and the students at our sites of incarceration aren't handcuffed um but i i feel like uh, physically they're not handcuffed but i think they enter the room feeling like that and and one of i feel like one of the things we do is give them wings back yeah to fly with their imagination and to like was said recently in a quote from one of our students to fly and have freedom it's a moment it's a time a set aside a time apart where they can do that. Yeah. And I think, I think that's part of if, if that was the only thing our program ever did, that would be worth it. Yeah. To connect it back to the Icarus myth, it does kind of allow them to imagine a different ending, hmm. but for their own lives. Yeah. Of, what if my wings, what if I fell to the ocean, but someone caught me? What if there was, hmm. you know, they hardened one on the way down and I flew away? What? Yeah. 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 It kind of gives them another... Because both pieces have that idea of the wings being one was snipped, one was broken, but yep. that they can't fly anymore.
What's been going on in the world of underground writing? Uh, we have a few things to update you on, uh, and these are upcoming events. April 18th, uh, we will be with our Migrant Leaders Club site students doing a reading from When the Dust Rises, which is our second anthology uh, specific to the Migrant Leaders Club site. We'll be doing a book reading at the Lopez Island Bookstore on April 18th. If you happen to be on Lopez Island or live there, it'll be at 5.30 to 7.30, 5.30 to 7.30 p.m., at the bookstore there on the island, uh, April 18th. April 23rd, uh, the following week, will be a Hidden Truth Night with the Migrant Leaders Club. That's been, uh, I think this is the fifth year that it'll be going on. Um, and right now it's scheduled to be at the Lincoln Theater. That may um, change as far as venue, but we'll update you that, or update you about that as, as we go along. And then May 2020 is our aimed for release date for the Filmverse, our annual collaboration where we take writings from juvenile detention, make them, or high school students in the local area, make them into short uh, films. You can see the last couple of years examples on our website. We're aiming for May 2020 to have an event to uh, debut this year's films. And Underground Writing's latest newsletter, Love Bombs, written by teaching writer Lori Parker, is out now. It can be accessed and read via the news photos section of the website. And if you're not already signed up to receive the newsletter directly to your email inbox, you can sign up for it via the contact page on Underground Writing's website. You can make a difference, but you have to make some noise. We have to stay together, united together, we're fighting. Today's featured writings were new pieces by students from our Skagit County Juvenile Detention and Skagit County Community Justice Center sites. You can read more student writing from these two sites, along with our other three sites, in What No One Ever Tells You, Underground Writing's first anthology of student writing, available for ordering via our website. We'll have another episode for you in a couple of weeks. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Send feedback via our email address, podcast at undergroundwriting.org. Connect with us via our website, undergroundwriting.org, and spread the word about our work by mentioning us on social media. The Underground Writing Podcast is recorded and produced by Alvin Shim and Underground Writing. You can access it via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other podcast outlets, as well as on our website, where we include links of interest connected to items mentioned in each episode. The introductory music for this podcast is Cool Number no. 2 by Walt Hampton, as performed by the LaVenture Middle School Marimba Band here in Mount Vernon, Washington. And the music you hear at the conclusion of each episode is provided by Luis Lopez and the Migrant Leaders Club in the Mount Vernon School District. I'm Alvin Shim. I'm Elizabeth Riley. And I'm Matt Malian. Thanks for listening. Dividing, elimination, deportation, racism, discrimination. How can you and I say that we're free when our freedom's based on limitations? Dedication, perseverance, you know that there is hope. Hmm. That could be a good ending. That's a good ending. <laughs> <laughs>